John Lennon's directed comedy. comedy. Into the night, <laughs> one minute screen time per episode. I'm your host Dave, and I'm your host Sean. So and I, I don't, I don't think Matt's coming back with your card. <laughs> no, he's, uh, I, I think he's on his way to Vegas. <laughs> he's halfway to Vegas by now. Right, Can't blame him. him. Can't yeah, blame. Yeah, him. cannot blame him. So blame okay, him. here we are, minute ninety. Uh, we get uh starts that sweet instrumental uh uh you know into the night level music as uh, as Jeff Goldblum drives out uh you know Lair's like you better get out of here Diana Mrs Camp is very upset it's like yeah Larry we get it and then uh Diane asks what car you know what car does she drive um and then we have Jeff Goldblum pulling into the estates mm-hmm. of Sheen and her goons uh you know. Rudely pull him out of the car. So that's what we got going here now. Um, yeah, that's the minute. I, I so Sean, I think uh, you and I both came to the conclusion that this movie, similar to Game of Thrones, uh, great music but not great writing. Okay. At least, at least we'll say the eighth yeah. season, the last season of Game of Thrones. I think everyone can agree some cheesy writing. Um, and uneven at best, we'll say. Yeah. Uneven at best, but the music was on point for the show. And same thing here. I love the music; it sets a tone. But I feel like the movies, the movie hasn't earned as cool as the sounds because it's just been bouncing back and forth between trying to be a comedy and trying to be a drama. So many times that I, I, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost in how it wants me to feel. Right, and this, yeah. So this minute is very heavy. Not a lot of dialogue, so we're heavy in the soundtrack. We get a lot of music. Um, and interesting, it made me think, because it's very 80s, it's, there's the slap bass, there's synths, you know, it's very, yeah, very 80s. And it made me think of Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. which is a movie that I think, again, going back to something you said uh, last minute, Dave, is how, you know, <laughs> this movie should not go out of its way to remind the viewer of better movies. And Beverly Hills Cop is a movie that did a better job of it's, I think, regarded as a comedy. I kind of regard it as a comedy, but um, and, and it's it's a much funnier movie than this is. But it also does the the cop stuff, the cop side of things, the intrigue, yeah. the the caper and whatnot, the suspense. It does that better as well than than this does. Um, yeah, so, it, and and yeah. and it, the script knew when to use Eddie Murphy to be making a funny joke, or Eddie Murphy like deadpan looks at the scene and he's like, "I'm here because you killed, you know, you killed my, you know, you killed my friend in Detroit. Yeah. And I'm coming here and I'm gonna ruin everything that you that you doing here in Beverly Hills. Like, that's what he'll do to the bad guys. And then he'll like, you know, he'll you know he'll make a joke earlier, but there'll be like a time where you know, you know. I'm I'm ready to tell you that I'm gonna come I'm gonna bring the, I'm bringing the heat down on you, right? And whereas, then later there'll be time for jokes. Whereas Jeff Goldblum is just like I'm going to bore you yeah. to death, literally. Yeah. So you can't rely on Jeff Goldblum to bring really the comedy or thriller in this because he's just deadpan on for both. Right. And 
Yeah, he doesn't really. Yeah, it's the kind of things where it's like, I I I started to understand why you don't like Jeff Goldblum. I'm not saying I don't like Jeff Goldblum, but I think I I'm starting to understand definitely how this movie is not a good defense of Jeff Goldblum, because um, it it thinks it's funny to have him just be so nonchalant, and it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't work on rewatches. It doesn't work on minute by minute analysis. <laughs> I won't um, say that, please. Because you're going, because, 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 like, yes, this is the problem is you and I go, we go, look, we look, we're like, we have a scene and you and I are trying to discuss the thing and we look over at Jeff Goldblum and he's just blank face. We go, all right, thanks, man. Yeah. You're thanks giving for, us nothing there. Thanks for giving us nothing. Just, okay. Well, back to, uh, back to this, you know, back to Jack, back yeah. to Jack and Diana, back to Larry, back to, back to the paint, red paint on the walls, back to the Ferrari. Like, yeah. Hmm. Like Larry's great. I would, yeah. If there was more, I would. More Larry. Give me more Larry. Like, I can talk about Larry. He's got, yeah. you know, he, he, there's there's complexity there. There's depth, you know, and, and there's mystery. We don't see a lot of Larry. We don't know yeah. what's going on. But we there's obviously the tug of war between Jack and Mrs. Jack. Like, who do I listen to? You know, mommy and daddy are fighting. And you know, who do I live with in the divorce? Or am I only going <laughs> to see Jack on weekends? <laughs> You know, I want to get more of that. And then just Goldblum is, oh, here's a, a glass of room temperature water with a piece of white bread for dipping. I really wish Larry became a third wheel to these two um, and the, near the end. I think it would be fun to bring him back in. Yeah, like at this point when, like they all, dri- yeah, so you know, Jeff drives off, Michelle drives off, and then Larry drives off. And, like, he's somehow part of the caper now, and he gets involved. He's like, yeah, well, you know, those guys beat me up, and they trashed the boat and scared away my date, and now I want to get back of them. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, does I'm it, in on the plan. Yeah. I would assume Larry would want some retribution. Like, because really, Jack is passing the buck off to those two to handle it. And Larry's like, well, I still got to live here, live and work here. Right. And, like, can I bring more dates to the boat? Are these guys going to, like... You know, bring more you know hooligans to the boat and and ruin any future dates I have. Right. Well, and does all that does all that damage come out of like Larry's paycheck? He's like, well, you know, I didn't do anything, but yeah, but you were there, so you know, someone's got to pay for all this. We can't really put in an insurance claim and like, you know, what are you gonna you know for for cause of damage? Oh, Iranian hitmen. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that might you know that might raise too many questions. So. You know, who's going to, yeah, who's paying for that damage? Shaheen ain't paying. We know that. Yeah. And well, I like that. So like Jack supposedly, and maybe it's, maybe it's just because his health is poor. Like he's like a wheeler, dealer, hustler, kind of got his finger on the pulse of, of all these things and fingers and lots of pies and stuff. And then like, oh, sure. You know, you know, uh, Shaheen's after you. Yeah. She's dangerous. Um, you guys, <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out. You know, Jack's like, doesn't want to get involved. Like, you can take my car, but then you've got to go deal with Shaheen on your own. Like, <laughs> I noticed that as well. Like, Jack isn't like, oh, let me call her up and smooth things over. Yeah. And he's like, nope, you're on your own, Diane. He's, yeah, she, oh, she's really dangerous. I'm not messing with that one. Like, okay, thanks for, uh, thanks for everything, Jack. Uh, what are your notes now <laughs> on the Trousdale Estates? The fact that she built a iranian themed estate uh in here in la oh yeah i like you you drive up there's definitely a very persian feel to i guess just like the shape of um like the opening like there's a wall in front of the 
wall, like in front of the house itself, and there's like an opening, and then the the wood and everything. Yeah, I I like it, and um, I was not familiar. I I did do a look. This um, Trousdale Estates is is a thing apparently like well known to people that know um, that know things, and I don't know things, so it wasn't known to me. But like this is a famous uh, neighborhood in Beverly Hills where a lot of um, a lot of show pe- pe- show business people live. Okay. Um, Elvis had a house there. Uh, Sid Caesar, uh, Cindy Crawford, Jay-Z and Beyonce um, have a place in that neighborhood. Je- Jennifer Aniston, um, among others. So this is like a very, um, yeah, like a very well-to-do area. I was looking up some listings. There are some, um, I guess what we'd call modestly priced homes in the 10 to 15 million dollar range so if you if you wanted to move in you know if you if you like the look of this house and you thought oh i maybe i want you know i want this iranian mob boss as uh or criminal overlord as my neighbor if you're looking to get into that neighborhood it's a it's a nice neighborhood so then yeah this then this is another thing where it's like you have to know the end joke of that beverly hills trousdale estates are a big thing Right. Like we wouldn't know. We're a bunch of East Coasters. We don't know. We don't crap about that. I That's, wouldn't know. Yeah. So this is another thing where you know just kind another of, yeah little reference that was kind of wasted on and and, and would that be the audience? I don't know. Well, and the thing is, so I you know I was able to find this out because there's an internet and World Wide Web and Wikipedia and like all these other sources. If I was watching this in 1985, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what what these estates are, and I wouldn't have any way to find out. And I wouldn't. Yeah. It would just be completely lost to me. But I guess if you're, yeah, if you're like, yeah, if if you're in show business, you live in L.A. or you you know you you you're around Beverly Hills, then it might be something you'd recognize. Here's my next question: uh, Are these brakes sound a little too squeaky? Yes. Oh yes, I, <laughs> I was like, "Well, for a Ferrari, like going at like coming from a stop at like twenty five miles per hour, they have really squeaky, squeaky brakes there." Yeah, I don't know what the top speed, and this is probably like I don't know, like one eighty, two hundred something in terms yeah. of like top speed, and he's just kind of I, you know, maybe going twenty twenty five on a residential street and <laughs> <laughs> looking for it. Like, where is it? He sees a giant Persian building. Yeah, I, I bet it's that. Yeah, so I guess they like the the, the Iranians knew Jeff was coming because probably politely called. Yeah, he, yeah he probably. I don't want to disturb you. I just you know it's going to be late. You may have company. Whatever. Is it okay if I come over? If not, I'll I can come back tomorrow. I just want to. Yeah. Because um, as soon as he pulls up, the the Savaks descend and pull him out of the car. <laughs> just that, that, that. run up, guns, guns. We got yeah. the guns, guns. But he, and as he tells us, uh, Jeff is not armed. And then the uh, gong, the international symbol for uh, <laughs> magical, magical, if not evil, foreign yeah. person for mystical Asian. Um, yeah, we get the gong. I, I feel was... bad because her outfit reminds me of Mano's Hands of Fate. <laughs> oh, now this is so. This is the the infamous or famous Shaheen. We get a look at her at the very end. You're you're going to hear listeners. You're going to hear a lot more about Shaheen. I'm sure next week. 
Um, but yeah, around what second 56, 57, 58 at the end of this minute. Uh, yeah, Shaheen. And uh, so Shaheen, oh, what was her last name? Oh, here, here, I uh, hear. Uh, Parvisi. Oh, there you go. Okay. Shaheen Parvisi. Uh, so she's played by Irene Pappas, who was, again, someone, me being in the 21st century, I had no idea who she was. But I guess folks back in 1985 would have been like, oh, it's the the famous actress and, sh- and singer, uh, Greek actress Irene Pappas. Um, so as a singer, she had a uh, couple, a bunch of albums, but in particular, two albums of Greek folk songs that she recorded. Um she also had a, a, several notable parts where she was the titular character. So she was uh, Medea in a 1973 stage production of the Euripides play, Medea. In 1961, she was uh, Antigone in the, the film Antigone. In 62, she was Electra in uh, the, the, the film Electra. And uh, she also like, 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 I was like, it wasn't the Electra of the comics or like an Electra of like, yeah. So like, you know, Daredevil, Bullseye, she was, uh, yeah, she was the, the, um, yeah, the, the ninja assassin of, of the Marvel universe in when the was... 1962 film Electra. I really, really? no, okay. no, it's not, not really. No, I was like, I don't think they did that. No, it's the, the, I, I the Greek. Uh, uh, the Greek Electra, the not classic the Electra, okay. and uh, and then also in uh, in the Guns of Navarone, she she was the guns. So, uh, <laughs> she yeah. got them guns. She was she was the guns in the Guns of Navarone. <laughs> um, so again, yeah, another little cameo of a, you know, I don't. Well, so it is this. Um, I guess kind of like Mrs. Jack, where it could have been. Oh, this is just the actor they cast to play this part. But then you look at. Um, you know, the, the impressive resume, the IMDb listing, um, another thing that wouldn't have existed in 1985, but now we have it. So, you know, they, I guess it, it counts as um, sort of a, a notable, a small part played by a notable actor. So that's uh, Irene Pappas yeah. playing Shaheen. And then uh, now, do you just look at those links I sent you? I just want to make sure you got you got what I was looking at. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my. yeah well you'll have to um make sure you we, we post pictures in the the facebook group the elvis lives or the king lives listeners limo but yeah uh, dave has sent me some shots from uh manos hannah F- hands of fate of um <laughs> well in this case it's a gentleman but he is he is <laughs> That is the master, and the master would not approve, okay? Yeah, I have to admit, I have not seen uh, Mano's Hands of Fate, but he is dressed, he is dressed much as Shaheen is. And, and clearly it's, you know, it's it's a nature thing, like color, like animal, like poisonous or venomous, sorry, venomous animals are brightly colored, like snakes, venomous snakes are brightly colored, it's kind of like a, a natural warning. Yeah. So I think in this case, the red, she's wearing red to say... I am dangerous. You should avoid me. Yeah, I, have, I have men who want nothing more to beat you up and shoot you. <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, really, like, I, I mean, I, I hope the next uh, the next host going over these minutes could, you know, dissect what they're going to talk about of like how, you know, these guys have been so violent trying to look for him, and now he's come politely and, uh, you know, 
not bringing weapons. And you know, hope I hope he'll uh, he, he'll get out of this danger. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what what happens next and 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 how we talk about it. <laughs> well, here you <we> are. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. So it's yeah we get yeah we get Goldblum driving. I I mean like I said like you know I said I I've, I've been in this whole week I'm I'm a little cheesed off with the writing and the pacing doesn't make me feel comfortable as I watch it I get bored a lot but then like I hear the music and I go man whoever's doing the music with this and it's not advanced it's like classic like 80s action rock mm-hmm. but it yeah. just works so well for like the theme of this movie and then you go like you watch these scenes by scenes you're just like oh I'm bored and I don't want to be bored because the concept of this movie should work it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on I'm gonna put this one on Landis like he should have saw he should have read the script and figured out how he was going to pace this movie you could have made it a straight like thriller like are they going mm-hmm. to escape the night and found a way to cut some like this movie is not long it's what about maybe it's like it's a, uh, about an hour and 40 oh, minutes sir. really uh imdb has it at 155 all right well i feel like i feel like i said Jim, jim's got Jim doesn't have that many cuts of these minutes but the, the way i see it is that even at 90 minutes you could have Find a way to either streamline it or make the scenes more worth your time. Like too many scenes that just don't really mean anything in the end. I just don't feel like they pay. There's no payoff to these scenes, and so you watch it and you go, "Well, on the next way through, the scene means even less to you because you know it means nothing." That's what cheeses me off. Right, right, yeah, and, and to a certain extent, like I like the first time I watch a film, I try not to get too analytical. I just kind of, I'm just gonna watch it. And let it happen, and whatever I feel or whatever I think, it's just I kind of just go with it. Yeah. And like at this moment, when I watch the film, eh, you kind of lost me. And I understand like this is in terms of movie making, you need breaks. You need, um, you know, particularly if in an action film where there's more action than we get here, or there's more energy. Yeah. You want to give the audience a, a, can't, a chance to catch their breath. And I feel like this this transition from Jack's place to Shaheen's place, this drive that, that Goldblum takes, it's it's a chance for the, the audience to catch their breath. There's there's no dialogue. There's just the, the soundtrack and the driving and, and so on. But rather than kind of rather than me catching my breath to then like, all right, now I'm ready for an exciting finish i'm kind of like checking my watch going i'm ready to go home yeah kind of like you it, it 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 goes down and relaxes at a point where i want to be i want to step up into the action and the intrigue and how are they going to make this exchange you know how are they going to deal with shaheen and the stones and and how's all this going to work out and i'm kind of getting almost getting into it and almost enjoying myself and then it's like oh no we're going to take a break Right, and we're well, not going to have any action for this minute. All right, I'm pacing my room right now because <laughs> a thought just came to me. Oh, now, no. You talked about after hours, and yes. that's like that's like a New York thing, right? Where they have to, he's got like he's like it's right. about a lot of things that happen in New York. Yeah, it's it's one crazy night, but it's only one night, and it's it's New York where this is L.A. Okay, now now I know I, I was listening to a, I was watching a video there talking about after hours and referencing another recent movie. 
that has a lot of action and a good dash of comedy and makes you entertained because the whole way through, you want to know, is my main character going to survive? And you know what that movie is, Sean? No, what movie? It's John Wick. John Wick, there you go. Okay? Yeah. John Wick has obviously amazing action and has those spites of comedy. There's little little, little special pieces of comedy Mm -hmm. in it where you you get a little laugh and then you get back to the action and it knows knows what it needs to do in each scene. And what's great is I've watched the third one. You're going to be watching it soon, you just told me. Yep. There's a lot of payoff on a lot of things. Like, nothing feels wasted in any of these previous films. This third one, it's a lot about consequences of what happened in the first two films. And that's good. That makes you feel... The audience has this, like, ah, I paid attention. I get payoff in the plot. Whereas in this one, the person who wasn't paying attention, the person who pays attention, are in the same boat by this point. (laughs) And that's not a good thing to have for your audience. The people who paid attention and noticed things, they should feel like they're engaged and they're ready to see what's going to happen next. But I think a lot of people are going to be like, I don't know, man. So that's what upsets me. All right. Yeah. That's that's our I hear you and your feelings are valid. Thank you. Well, listeners, um, (laughs) I want you to validate your feelings because I want, because I said we want you to go to the the King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook. Okay. I want you to tell us your feelings. And then I want you to put your honest feelings into the, the, the review sections on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, wherever they got them, on the main site, nightminute.com. And, uh, and obviously, and th- if you have valid feelings about other movies, I'm sure there's some valid uh, podcasts, Movies by Mints, covering them. There's over 100 now on moviesbymints.com. So let's you know take your valid feelings and go there and listen to some valid podcasters talk about some of these valid minutes of those valid movies. That's valid, right? Yeah, yeah, that's valid. Um, okay. And yeah, and so uh, you know, amongst those movies that you will find at, at moviesbyminutes.com, you'll find uh, the Roughneck Minute, where they cover the uh, the movie Starship Troopers, and ID4, covering Independence Day, one minute at a time. And that's with our um, our co-host, Matt. And uh, I mean, I don't know what ID4 is going to do for the rest of that movie, because <laughs> Matt's on the run. But uh, maybe he'll call in from his und- undisclosed location. You'll have to ch- check out that podcast to find out. He's gonna be at the slots in yeah. Vegas. <laughs> um, and then you also find uh, so our, our buddy Dave. You can find him at Five Minutes of Mystery, where he covers the 1999 superhero classic Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo movie, superhero movie, Super Friends, working together. Beating the bad guy, saving the universe, saving Champion City, five minutes at a time, and that's uh, Mystery Man. And and uh, well, yeah. For for next week, uh, we hope you uh, you tune in to uh, Into the Night Minute. Into the night. Into the night.
thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 